back to the block. Snoop Doggy Dog, monkey at the, the, the dot. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trips ain't the easy for me to fuck up shit. So I ain't holding nuts back, and motherfucker, I got five. What is up, devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. It is your boy, Bill Botch. It is April 4th, 9.55 p.m. The Devils just dropped it on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Score of 5-1. to What a win. What a game for Dawson Mercer, our boy from Newfoundland. Our newfie was on it. We are at the Pickles House here in sunny... Where are we? Jupiter, Florida. Jupiter, Florida. We are in Jupiter, Florida. It's not sunny. It is actually very dark. Um, we got the pickle in the building. Dad, how you doing, bud? I'm wonderful. Okay. Good to know. Man. So good to see a game like that after our game that we had to witness on Sunday night. And um, wow. So there was a, there was a lot that went on in this one. It was, we were curious to see how the Devils were going to, going to respond after just getting manhandled for the most part in uh, in Winnipeg on Sunday. And they were playing a team who was also, you know, in desperation mode trying to make the playoffs. So prior to this game, if the Penguins were to lose this game, they'd have a 30% chance better of making the playoffs, and if they lost the game, they'd have a thirty. It was a sixty percent swing. Wow, that's big. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this was a game that Pittsburgh was really needed to win, and at no point in the game did I think that they even had a shot. I thought the Devils completely dominated. Even when the game started, uh, the Devils were off to a hot start, but they took a couple penalties early and. Pittsburgh was on the power play, and I wasn't even concerned, to be honest with you. Just I saw the way that they were playing, and it looked good. Devils came out, and they actually switched their lines up. So prior to the game tonight, Ruff uh, released the lines, and we got our boy Nate Bastion back into the lineup. And it was really nice to see him back, and we're going to get into him in a second. But let's go over the lines real quick. So they put Bastion back on the fourth line. The BMW line was back intact. They ended up taking Sharon Govich out. And then they did some rearrangement of the defense as well. And they ended up, they moved Ball up to play with uh, Dougie Hamilton, which is such a tip of the cap to Kevin Ball because I thought that Ball, everybody sees what Ball has been doing and he's been playing great. And he looks like somebody who can play responsibly next to a guy like Dougie Hamilton, who obviously likes to drive play. They dropped Siegenthaler down to the third pairing, and he played with Severson, which obviously is a Severson-Siegenthaler third-line defensive pairing is such a mismatch. I would argue, I mean, that's got to be the best five and six in the league. Absolutely. Right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So uh, the Devils were actually trying to go for their... Uh, a sweep of the Penguins this year, which was uh, very impressive, and they pull it off. Um, Nate Bastion. Boy, dude came out flying. His first couple shifts, Nate Bastion was on fire. He got the pucks deep. He was creating offensive scoring chances. He was forechecking. He was creating turnovers. 
Nate Bashin came out of the out in the first period. He was shot out of a cannon, and it was really good to see. He's such a team player. There's obviously a serious injury with Nate Bastion that goes back earlier in the season because when he was out, he re-aggravated a, re, a, an injury. So this is this is something that I'm sure when the season's over, it's going to be a surgery, and you're going to see, oh, geez, like this guy's been playing with this all year. The guy is a warrior. There's no doubt about it, and the team was just so much better when he was on the ice. I was really impressed with his... Um, his tenacity, and for not playing for 11 games. I mean, Bastion's been out since March 12th, and for not playing for that long, typically it takes guys a little bit to get used to getting back in the lineup and the speed of the game and pace and everything like that. You could practice all you want, but nothing compares to the to the, the speed of a real NHL game. Didn't seem to affect him at all. I thought he played really, really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he had three scoring chances his first shift. I mean, he he came out shot out of a cannon, like you said. So Wood is stays in the lineup. They pull Sharon Govich out, and Tyler Pulisinski. If I I know a bunch of you guys follow him on Twitter, um, shout out to him. He always has. He's a real Devils fan, straight through and through, and he's always posting some good content. And he said, you know what? At this point, I'm thinking that. Miles Wood must have some sort of, you know, photos or something on Lindy Ruff because I don't understand how Miles Wood continues to crack the lineup. And it's hard to disagree with him. I'm not going to get in. There were not many bad things that happened tonight. I just don't, I don't get the whole Miles Wood thing. It drives me crazy. And then sure enough, the first period, we have the momentum. It's still a tight game. This is a game where if this is a playoff game, it, we come out of the gates flying. He takes an offensive zone penalty over and over and over. He tries to forecheck, and he takes stupid penalties in the offensive zone. That is completely irresponsible, total no-no, and I don't know why Lindy Ruff continues to give him the leash that he has. And um, it was... It was disappointing, but it was on par for, for for the course. That's just kind of that's the game that Miles Wood plays. I agree. Why he why he stays in the lineup, and you know, especially on a night like tonight when there is absolutely nothing bad to say about what we did. I mean, that would be the only our only blemish. So I was kind of happy to see that um, Ruff kept the lines like I like him. He played. The Tatar, uh, Heischer, Mercer line, he kept the second line together, and then he played Timo with Boquist and Halla, and everybody really fired tonight. If you let's, We can get into the underlying stats, but let's get right to the point. I mean, first of all, to see... We all know that when Mercer played with Nico, he went on this huge point streak, and th- there's clearly something between... Nico and Mercer and Tatar. Tatar has been so underrated, and we don't talk about Tatar nearly enough. Now, he's 32 years old. He's kind of been a journeyman. He's bounced around from time to time. But is there anybody that's more improved? You know, we talked about Boquist last one, but, like, Tatar has added so much value to our team. He plays the game like a grown man. He goes into the corner he made a play in front of the net that was uh, led to the, one of the Mercer goals where he was just 
so feisty in front of the net that he was able to get the defender's stick and lift it up, and it created it, it let, allowed the puck to to still be free and people to fight for it. He was amazing, um, and his underlying numbers. He was a he was a top six player on the Devils in his underlying numbers. Here, let's get into the actual, the good stuff. Let's dive into it. So he had 14 minutes and 54 seconds on ice. He had an assist, and his um, expected goals was .014, which actually is not very high. I expected more for that. He only had one shot on goal. But overall, Thomas Tatars played really well, and you know how that line plays together. Now, the other two guys in the line dominated. Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer, and obviously Dawson Mercer had the hat trick. Couldn't be happier for him. Expected goals, .567, by far the highest out of anybody in the game. He had three, you know, three goals, three points, three shots on net. But Mercer is such a lovable kid. I mean, like, he's, he's you know, a newfie, and he, you know, one of the things that we talk about and the pickle and my dad bring you know bring up the most is he's reliable you can count on him and what is more of a compliment or what is a better asset to have or characteristic to have as an athlete as to where your coach and your team know that you could be there every night and he was there tonight and it was uh i was really happy for him he's a the kid plays his balls off he, he's still just a child really i mean what is he now 20 years old yeah i think he is um so he his shooting percentage is 11.8 percentage of his shots on net or 74.5 the kid's just been on fire and he scored his what was it 26 and 27th goal yeah well i think he scored he's up to 27 goals 27 goals yeah that's insane Shame on anybody that left that place with a hat on their head. I mean, everybody should have been throwing throwing their hats oh, on the dead, ice. The dead. Get after him. Go after him oh, right seriously. now. Seriously, like, it's like this kid, since he's drafted, has not missed a game. I mean, he. it's not like he hasn't missed a game and he plays like, you know, he plays soft hockey. He's on the boards. He's in front of the net. He's doing all the things that you want. To see, like, your, your, you know, one of your guys, one of your top young, guys. Young core doing. players. Yeah, and it's like, and people, they actually showed somebody grabbing a hat that was thrown down, and they, like, held it and hit it like, oh, I got a free hat. It's like, shame on everybody that didn't throw the hat on there. Keep going, keep going. Oh, no, seriously, it's like, there's not, you brought up a good point, uh, Billy How? was saying, like, we should have a half-price hat night, like when somebody scores a, a hat trick, so people actually show their appreciation on these guys, man. It's like, you know, this kid deserved, he deserved a lot more hats on the ice than he got. They should have been taking him off with a shovel. Shovels. Seriously, I want to see shovels on the ice. It was the kid's first hat trick. There were some people standing up there with some $20 shitbag lids that they got from, like, China bootleg on eBay, and they refused to throw them on the ice. It's like, give me a break. Give me a break. You paid how much to go to the game? How much of a fan are you? Unless you got some really cool, sick hat that you can't get anymore that's, like, a 
old school Stanley Cup hat or like is a Mitchell and S that they don't make anymore or something really personal to you. It's like throw your hat on ice when somebody scores a hat trick. Jesus. I was actually wearing a I, I broke my hand, so I I was wearing a cast. If I was there tonight, I the last game we were at, I was like, I'm throwing my cast on the ice. If someone scores a hat trick tonight, I'm throwing <laughs> a cast on the ice. And that'll be something that you would see. That, you know what I mean? Very cool. That would be funny. So the Devils ended up they they ended up uh they killed the penalties. They came out, they still dominated the game, and then um a really beautiful goal, and it was great because everybody was involved. So Jesper Bratt, it was Jack Hughes to Jesper Bratt to Palat, and Palat rolls around the net. He hits Dougie, and Dougie blasts one again. 21 goals on the season for Dougie Hamilton. The fact that people are not talking about him for the Norwich Trophy is literally a disgrace, and it just goes to show you that the NHL is more worried about the size of someone's market or the history of a team or how many fans vote on online. Dougie Hamilton should be in the Norris Trophy vote, uh, uh, you know, voting, whatever you would call it. All I know is Dougie don't miss. Dougie doesn't miss. Dougie does not miss. And that picture of Palat I posted Palat comes around. He fed him beautifully. Palat has obviously had a hard time getting on the board when it comes to goals. He's been very involved in assists. But he comes around the net, and he he hits Dougie, and Dougie buries one. And that picture of Palat hugging him with both arms and Dougie looking down <laughs> on him, it was really like, it's like, don't tell me Palat doesn't have any heart. The guy might be on a goal drought, but that guy gives a shit just as much about the team as anybody else. And he is like the uncle that the players look up to that know that he's you know they're he's going to lead them in the right direction and prepare them for games and he's going to get into the mean parts of the ice like you saw the game the other night versus the Rangers when Truba was like having his way with Mercer behind the net and Palat came out of nowhere and just like Dumped basically cross checked him <laughs> in the side of the head yeah, and like he brought him to the ground like Nothing's nothing's flying by Palat like he doesn't know what's going on. He is very aware of what's going on at all times. He's one of the smartest players on the team. And don't be surprised. Mark it now. Do not be surprised if Palat turns it on going into the playoffs and becomes just starts burying the most important goals that we need. Um, but the picture of Palat and Dougie was really wholesome, and uh, it was really good to see. Uh, I'm a big Palat guy, and I'm a big Dougie guy, and I was really happy f- for them at that moment. The Devils were rolling, and then sure enough, with 14:23 into the into the uh, first period, Dawson Mercer gets his first from Nico and Tatar. That's Nico's 43rd on the season, and Tatar's 26th on the season. Thomas Tatar, let's get into this real quick. Let me pull this up. Thomas Tatar. Goals against. They posted this if you were watching the game online. Uh, if you were watching the game on TV, goals against in the NHL zero point five two. First in the NHL out of every player. Best in the NHL. Unbelievable. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um. High danger scoring chances against second in the NHL three. Shots against. 8.28, third in the NHL. This defensive zone denials and exits, 35.6%, third in the NHL. 
What is Palat's plus minus right now? Um, he's at like a plus 46 after tonight. Is that right? Does that, does that sound right? I have no idea. All right. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going in. Thomas Tatar. Regular season. Ah, oh, come on. Plus 37. Wow. It's huge. Whoa. He is playing so good. And... He's a guy who's a restricted free agent at the end of the year, and we're talking about, you know, what did the Devils give him? I think the Devils are going to want to keep him. I think he's become a real glue guy, uh, kind of like an unsung hero on the team. I think the guys look up to him. His whole thing was he always had a shit ton of talent. He always played really good. But when the going got tough and in the playoffs, he would, like, turn the puck over sometimes or he wouldn't play good defensively. Do you see that at all? Don't see that happen. At all. He yeah. looks like he is a force to be reckoned with. I I would be happy to see him take some sort of sweetheart deal for maybe two years, three years tops, and you keep him around. And he's a guy that even if he kind of gets outplayed and moves out of that position of first liner, he could play on the third line all day and be a good spend. No, Absolutely. And not to mention, he's the best guy on the team with a soccer ball. Is that right? Yeah. You watch them before the games when they're kicking the ball around and stuff. And, you know, whoever whoever has the ball last without dropping it, he wins every game. Interesting. Um, so, uh, second period starts. Timo Meyer puts another one in his 38th of the year on the power play. At this point, I'm at a loss of words what I could say about Timo Meyer. To me, Timo Meyer is, you know, you brought it up during the game, Dad. You said, you know, everything happens for a reason. There was a reason that Johnny Gaudreau didn't come here, and we got like a small, fast, agile guy that we already have a brat and a Hughes, and we already have players like that. And how, what a difference this guy is making because of the type of game that he plays. Timo Meyer is a total wrecking ball. You saw him come into um, behind the net. Boquist took a little took a little hit behind the net and got went for a rough ride. And Meyer came in like a like a bowling ball, kingpin, and just <laughs> took everybody out. Like everybody's coming with me. Nobody wants any part of that dude. No. And he is huge. And when he's driving to the net with speed, that's the thing is he carries the puck with speed but can drive to the net with so much strength and power that it's it's got to be intimidating if you're a defenseman that you know that this guy's about to barrel down on you, which is why he leads the league in wraparound goals is because I think defensemen just, like, cover that front part of the net, and then he has a little time and space, he and then he's able to go around the back of the net, and he's able, either able to score or he's able to dish it off. But, man, Timo Meyer. Has, is slowly becoming one of my favorite players. And somebody brought it up on Twitter, and, and uh, shout out to whoever did, but it was, you know, have the Devils ever seen a power forward play for the Devils as good as Timo Myers is right now and will continue to be? And I think, you know, there's so many good power forwards that have played for the Devils. And the first person that came to mind to me was Bill Guerin. And Bill Guerin was, he was young. He only stuck around for a couple of years, and he was a very important piece of that 95 team. And 
obviously he could fight he was he could drive to the net he could he could basically do everything i still don't and there's a bunch of other good you know bobby holik was a uh, a great power forward like not even good he was great he didn't have the same kind of skill though that timo meyer has and timo meyer is the definition of what the modern day power forward looks like you know, you look at like James Van Riemsdyk and you look at like some of these other guys, they don't play nearly as physical as Timo Meyer does. And just the contribution and what he does for the team is making us a more well-rounded team that can play in different situations. There's going to be games that are going to be heavy where you're going to need, we were never strong in the middle of the ice. You know, picking up Timo Meyer to me felt like picking up a Nico Heischer. It was that important to us. Like, we we're, we're a perimeter team. We play off the rush, and to have a guy that could play down the middle of the ice with strength every night is just. There's going to be a ton of games where you're going to need that, and I just I can't I can't express enough how important this type of player who fits into our system. Shit! It took the Devils two years to really get Lindy Ruff's system down. We have a very complicated. The Devils play one of the most complicated systems in the entire league. It took Timo Meyer literally three weeks. Right. Hats so, off. Hats off to Fitzy too. I mean, he really put together, put together a great, you know, great team. You can't. I mean, Meyer to me is going to be a guy to where, if all goes right, and the Devils end up winning a couple cups or a cup, or whatever, if they win one cup. Their window's about to open. Meyer's 26 years old. It looks like you could have serious 10-year run between Nico's got 10 left, Jack's got 10 left, Nemitz, Hughes, um, Luke Hughes, Mercer, Brat. Brat. It's like you have all these players, Schmid, no, absolutely. Man. This could be 10 years if the Devils win a Stanley Cup. Don't think for one second that Timo Meyer isn't going to be an incredibly integral part of that situation that led them and would bring them to that kind of, you know, pinnacle of the league. They will hang a banner. I really am I'm going that far to where I do believe if they sign him long-term and the Devils win a cup, he will be banner worthy to where he they will retire ninety six. That's in sticking your neck out. I That's sticking your neck out, and I see him as like such a staple player. He, if the Devils win, he will be one of the most, if not. He'll be like, he'll just be such an he. He'll be too important of a piece to to not appreciate for the history of the team, in my opinion. I really believe that. And it's like the guy just can score, he can pass, he could do everything. It's it's really I can't I can't say enough good things about him. He's totally my kind of player, obviously. Um so he scores and then sure enough, we're trying to get out of the second period and we don't want and Pittsburgh's like applying a little bit of pressure and we're like shit all right like let's get out of this period don't like it don't make it 3-1 don't give him any hope and then sure enough Dawson Mercer he scores on a assist from Marino and Graves 
and he's got his second goal of the game. So we go into the four, we go into the third period. We're up four nothing. I feel very confident. They've completely dominated. If you look at like money puck, they basically the Devils dominated so much they were eighty two percent deserved to win on the winometer. The heat map expected goals were four point three three to. 1.99, which is something that we're not talking about, which is Vitek Vanacek. Vitek Vanacek played really, really solid tonight. So good to see. He obviously had a rough game in Winnipeg where the team did not play in front of him, so I don't even blame him for that. But um, I was really I was really happy with the way Vanacek played tonight. He was the second star of the game. The goal, so then the next goal is the hat trick goal. And how about that feed Nico. from Nico Heischer? Oh my God! Nico Heischer is a total beast. And like if you a magician, yeah. So if you go to the expected goals in all situations, Dawson Mercer led at a .57, but right behind him was Nico Heischer at .5, and Jack Hughes at .5. There was the closest person on the Penguins was .4. Um, Sidney Crosby, for instance, was like a .28. So they were double as good as Crosby was tonight. It was total domination. Um, let's go through this real quick. I think quick. the only the only time I heard them call Sidney Crosby's name was when he went after McLeod. Yeah, which that McLeod shot was, to me, it was a little, I would have been pissed if it was the other way around. He definitely put his hand on his it back, on penalty. his numbers, kind of shoved him into the boards, which is a very dangerous play. Dumoulin is obviously one of their better players. I would have been pretty upset as well. Let's go to shots on goal. You had Ryan Graves led the team with five shots on goal. Dougie Hamilton had four. Nico had four. Hughes had four. Mercer had three. Severson had three. Everybody played good. Halla had three. Um, I thought Halla had another very solid game despite uh, not getting on the board. He had a couple good plays where he stripped the puck. He knocked the puck down in the uh, offensive zone that led to a scoring chance. He played really good. Um... Yeah, you, you you have to be impressed. Like Dougie Hamilton is just. When was the last time the Devils had a defenseman like this? We've never had a defenseman like this. It's been it's been a very very long time. All right, here let's get into some other stuff here. Wood taking a stupid penalty in the first period. We've obviously had a problem with Wood. I think that Sharon Govich should be playing over. Much better choice. On the fourth line. Absolutely. Much better choice. Add skill to that line. Play McLeod, Bastion, and, and Sharon Govich. You have something. Yeah. You yeah. actually have something. You actually have a mismatch. You add skill to the line without the, you know, the risk of the penalties and, you know, just reckless play. Yeah, so McLeod obviously takes another stupid penalty Add that to the check mark of your what I'm going to see tonight. And, at, you know, at some point, Lindy Ruff, like, I don't know if Tom Fitzgerald has to step in and say, hey, listen, like, maybe it's time you give somebody else a go. We got to figure out what's going on with Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar could be a very good option to play with those guys. He plays heavy, he's strong. We have him for three years. Wow. 
Play the fucking guy. If he isn't... Well, he's it, hurt. He's hurt right now. But right? how hurt? Like, what is going on? Like, we need an update on Lazar. Right. We haven't heard anything. It's been total radio silence. So Lazar and Halla are best friends. Really? If you can get Halla to sign for two more years, him and Lazar can play on the same team for the next two years. Wow, that's nice. Right? Yeah. So... You you got to get wood off the ice. Like uh, um, it's like a drill in the freaking head. I can't take it anymore. I, I cannot take it anymore. Can't imagine why they they keep him in the lineup. Um. Ball. It's getting a ball. Wow. Ball playing on the first pairing with Dougie Hamilton. Deservedly so. Just like confidence, confidence, confidence. This guy, this kid has, has done like a complete 360 and just watching him handle the puck, like he's, he's, you know, handled the puck in the offensive zone, just keeping it away from people. He's, he's played, he's played you, you were unbelievable. You were talking about how elusive he is with the puck. Absolutely. He's great in the offensive zone. Like, let's be real. Like the guy is continues to drive play despite being known for his defense and, um, you know, gap control, clearing the front of the net, you know, physicality. Let's be real. Like, Kevin Ball is playing pretty damn good offensively. He had a couple big hits, um, as did Graves and Marino. So, what else? You have to be you have to be happy with the game that John Marino played tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is Marino's complete. team. Marino, no, they traded absolutely. him away. This is his two hundred and fiftieth NHL game. How did Ty Smith do tonight? <laughs> it's like this is this tonight was his two hundred and fiftieth NHL game, and he's obviously been amazing for us. But um, he threw a big hit behind the net. Threw a real that? big hit. Yeah. Graves, Graves threw the first big one along the boards coming in. I think it was Russ coming in, and he just, like, splattered him on the boards like a bug on the windshield. And then Ball had a big one. And then Marino, which I don't see Marino being, like, a big physical guy, but, I mean, he planted somebody behind the net. And it was like, wow, there's nothing you could say about this team that we didn't do tonight, you know? Yeah, I mean... Marino, basically, he took that dude behind the net. You just have yourself a good day. Take care now. <laughs> Bye-bye then. Put him right, put him on his ass, and he was off. And it was transition. It was right up the other side of the ice. You have to be happy with Marino. I mean, he got signed to this long-term deal with the Penguins. They ended up, they tried to keep the band back together. They had to extend themselves with Malkin and with Latang. And I get it. I mean, it's hard to let go of the guys that won you your cups and are legends in Pittsburgh. But it worked out for the Devils for sure because he's a guy that's going to be around for a long time. And he plays the game. He's obviously really smart, went to Harvard. But tonight, to see him play with a little bit of physicality, it was refreshing. It was like, damn, shit, I didn't know that Marino had that in him. Yeah, didn't see that coming. He had a little Merce dog in him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he was kind of getting after it, so... Good on Marino. What do we have coming up? We have Thursday. 
Well, first of all, the Devils are two way, are two games away from the franchise record in wins. Wow. Can you believe that? Last year was one of the worst seasons in the history of the team. And we are two games away from after all those amazing teams that the Devils have had, we're two games away from from being having the most amount of wins. Carolina won in overtime tonight. So it doesn't look like the Devils are going to win the division. So this is where we start. We start talking about these are the possibilities that come with it. So if the Devils are able to clinch home ice advantage versus the Rangers, you have Luke Hughes will be done with his season for next Tuesday night's game. And you have two games left. So games 81 and 82, you might as well rest some of your players and give Luke a shot. Now, what happens if Luke wins the national championship? Do you think the game's the next day? Does he play? Or do you think that he's, like, celebrating winning a national championship with his teammates? I don't know. It's like a double-edged sword, too. It's like resting people, you know, guys with bumps and bruises and stuff. You need to rest them. But, you know... Do you want to kill this momentum? There's no momentum. We lost six to nothing the other night, or six to one. We don't have any momentum. True. <laughs> well, momentum after tonight. <laughs> we don't have any momentum. Tonight starts. It's the not run. like we're on our winning streak. <laughs> no, we don't have any momentum. I'm saying I, I think it's good. I think it would be a good idea to like let somebody. You know, you put yourself in. You have the luxury of giving your players a chance to no, heal absolutely. a little bit. Are you no. kidding me? Not for nothing, you want to like, you want to give the you know the new card a, a spin around the block. No, absolutely. And it's like, I would love to see him. I would love to see him and Nemitz uh, get on the ice. Well, Nemitz is not going to play. No, no, Nemitz isn't Utica playing in the playoffs. But Hughes is not going to go down to Utica. Hughes is going to come directly into New Jersey, and you, you think to yourself, all right. It's not like we have to send him down because he hasn't played enough hockey. He's played an entire year of collegiate hockey. Um, you let him train and play and practice with the team, and you get a good look at him in practice. But I think if they clinch that second, the the home ice advantage as the second um, team from the Metro, don't be surprised if you see Luke Hughes on the ice Tuesday night uh, next week because – it's that time. I mean, this is the time you get a look at them and trust me, I'm telling everybody now, Twitter is going to be blown up. You're going to want to blow your brains out. It's going to be like a drill in your head. People are going to be fluffing him for his skating ability and for all the offensive ability that he brings. And then meanwhile, people are going to be trashing the shit out of him for his defensive deficiencies and turn over the puck and his decisions when people are on him much, much quicker than he's used to. He's not going to have as much open ice. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, you're going from playing in college to playing in the NHL. People are going to be on you really quick. You're no. not going to be able to be, like, Luke Hughes, like, pirouetting around the ice. You it'll, know what I mean? it'll make you nuts. He's a bust. That's so, what you're going to – Yeah, you're going to hear – The first couple times he gets beat, you're he's gonna, a bust. You're going to hear all kinds of stupid uh, stupid stuff on the, on the you know, internet, Twitter especially, but – 
I'm, I, but you can't help to be super excited to see the kid play. Yeah, he, I mean, what what good does him going to the AHL make? I he, mean, he's going to be on the Devils next year. He's they're not going to send him to ready. the AHL. He's yeah. there. Yeah, they're not going to send him. And uh, and then you wonder, you know, is there really a place for him in the playoffs? Um, and that's like a question where you wonder. Here, actually, let's get into this question right here. We had somebody that. Uh, Merciless Mercenary, G-O-N-J Devils on Twitter. When I watch our team play like this, I see that the team can win the cup. We know we'll be swapping the experience of Gravy and Sivo for the inexperience of Luke and Nemitz. What happens with Hall at Tatar and Wood? So important for this team to play for their potential and finish off an amazing season. This is what we kind of brought up in the last right, episode. Right. I kind of agree. Just because you make the playoffs this year and just because you're playing to win a division this year does not necessarily mean that you're going to make the playoffs next year. Do I think they will? Yes, of course I do. Do I think the team will get better long-term? Yes. But experience on defense, especially when you're dealing with a guy like Severson and, and Graves, they're guys that could be top four defensemen any way you look at it. You really can't it, it, you can't teach time and you're going to have these kids that are come in and they're going to like they're, they're going to see mistakes. something that they've never seen before and they're going to be forced into situations that they've never been in before not to mention physically they're going to deal with grown men who are going to be able to push them around with speed so I do think, I completely agree, I think it's very important for the Devils to try to make a legit run for a Stanley Cup this year. Despite it being premature, they had, you know, if, before the season started, they had no business trying to win a Stanley Cup. Agreed. But the situation that they're in, you have to, like, handle the situation that you're in as it comes. You're not, we, they're always building a team for the future Yo, you are the future. You are literally number. You're the third ranked team in the league right now, as far as points go. You can skate with anybody, which is going to be really interesting when they play the Bruins on Saturday because you're going to see, oh shit, this got flexed to a primetime game, right? And it's going to be like, are the Devils the real deal? Can they beat? And the Devils, it's not like they got manhandled by the Bruins at all. Those not are at tight all. games, so. Don't be surprised if the Devils really push play against the Bruins and if they squeak one out. Like, if you win, that's a huge game. We're so lucky. I feel very lucky to get a game versus the Bruins right before the playoffs starts. It's like you win that game, and it gives you the mentality of, shit, we could beat anybody. You go into the playoffs, and they can. It's just about confidence. It's about, you know, they just lack inexperience. But if you have that confidence, like sometimes ignorance is bliss. And it's like, if you go into that and you're like, all right, like we're going to use our speed and we're going to walk all over the Rangers. The Devils could pick apart the Rangers in the neutral zone. If they play the way that they did the other night, the Devils could, it might not be a seven game series or even a six game series. If they play the way that they did the other night, that would be good. That would be sick. With that said, I just think that they have to go, you know, it's not like you're going to make any roster moves. You have to basically go all in. Luke Hughes could play versus the Rangers. Now, he can't play versus Carolina or Boston or the Islanders 
because those are teams that are very opportunistic and play a very structured if they'll pick him apart. The Rangers are way too like aggressive and, and you know now don't get me wrong if he turns the puck over it could end up in the back of your net very quickly when it comes to the Rangers but they allow a lot of open ice which is what what he thrives on that's what his game is um so like let's say somewhat god forbid somebody goes down or somebody needs a, a maintenance day or something happens i think Luke Hughes would favor has a very favorable matchup in the big grand scheme of things versus the Rangers than he does compared to uh, even just the Islanders. Like, I don't don't think that he would fare well in a team that, like, he gets to the neutral zone and there's literally no ice, and then he would be like, what do I... He's used to skating the puck through the neutral. Right, right. He would, like... I'm not sure what he would do with the puck. That's not to say that he would make bad decisions. I just don't know what he would do with the puck compared to when he's playing versus the Rangers. He could skate the puck through... through the neutral zone and either dish it or get it deep or get a shot on goal or something like that. So, you know, we talk about the inexperience of, of Nemitz and Luke. And it's like, I actually think that Nemitz is going to play above expectations when it comes to the mentality part of the game. When it comes to experience, I think he's very, very smart player. And that's something that you really it sounds stupid, but you can't teach because, like, he just can feel and see the game, naturally sees the game very well. And that's something that is not going to stand out to casual hockey fans. And I think that there's going to be a lot of subtle plays that he makes, especially in his defensive zone. He's going to jump into the play offensively all the time. But I think there's going to be a lot of very subtle plays that he makes in his defensive zone that – most people won't pick up on, but it'll be a it'll be a situation where he moves the puck without putting the puck in danger, and you're going to be and like hockey fans, you know, people that know what they're talking about. I think we're going to be really impressed. That doesn't mean he's not going to make a bunch of stupid mistakes, which he will, guaranteed. But I like what merciless mercenary is saying here, where the Devils need to go for it all right now because this has been an amazing season, and they have momentum. And you can start this window that's opening. You could start it with a total whirlwind of, uh, you know, the expectations were, were, were just not nearly where we're at right now to where we're, a, there's no way to like handicap what we're going to be. At this point, we're like, who the fuck knows? Like they're, they're on a different planet, right? Right. Absolutely. It's like we would have been happy in the beginning of the year making the playoffs and it was like could you imagine if we make it past the first series you know it would do so much for these kids and it's like there were so uh, at least i am i'm so far beyond that i really think that you know there's only two teams that have better record than us we you watch them play tonight and you see that you know we play like that with that kind of speed and physicality nobody could nobody's gonna skate with us they have they have to be consistent they do have to be consistent, and that's something that you don't know what's going to happen until they play the games, and that's, that's yeah, why you, you play them. You know what I think, too, is like you see a game like tonight, they got embarrassed for the first time, really, the other night. Absolutely. And this is their first game back, and, and to me, it was like they're in a situation where they're kind of like emptying the tank a little bit. Right. We're going all out again. Yeah. They kind of took the foot off the gas a little bit. 
And here's the thing that I've actually I've I've been thinking about all year is you look at teams that have veterans on it that make the playoffs every year. So it doesn't look like the Penguins are going to make the playoffs this year. So this might have bit them in the ass. But the Penguins have made the, the playoffs for 16 seasons in a row. Sixteen years in yeah. a row. Yeah. We made the playoffs once in no, the past eleven years, ten years. So think about this. They have the ability to not completely kill themselves all season because they're mentally strong enough. They know what they're capable of enough to when the time comes, they kind of go through the regular season on coast and then they get to the end and they're like Pfft. they put it into a different gear, they make the playoffs, they go into the playoffs hot. And boom, the Devils, like, went hard, especially in the beginning. Right. They went so hard. And it's like you go hard and hard and hard. And it wears people out. I mean, these are humans. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I think, like, the really good teams, they're like, we're going through the regular season, but we're, we're getting ready for the playoffs. We know that we're going to be in the playoffs, and that's when we need to execute. And I worry about the Devils. I was worried anyway about the Devils. Like, did they did they wear themselves out getting to where we are today, which was an amazing season? But then you see a game like Sunday night. They went down early, and they look like they kind of rolled over a little bit. Like, this is not gonna. Ha- We're not winning this one. Let's just get through tonight. We'll pick it up. Do you feel it? Is that crazy? No, it's not. I don't think it is crazy. Have you thought about that at all? No. Well, it's like, you know, seeing that, you know, I kind of felt like we gave up. I think I gave up watching them. They they were not. That was not the team that we watched all year. No, they weren't going to win the game. We went down 3 nothing. they were like, let's get the hell out of here. Right. And we'll go back home. Without without being shut out. We'll We'll go back home and we'll fucking play. Pick it up. Just and they pick it right back up. Completely right. dominated. So what I think that is is I think it's like a little bit of like kind of reserving their energy for going into it. I think they're kind of trying to be a little bit smart about it. Do they want to win every game? Of course they do. But I think they know what is what is coming and they know that it's going to take a lot out of them, and they're in a new position. Most of these kids, I mean, they're not used to this, dude. No, but but I also believe that they have they they are they're of the mindset that we could win any game, no matter if we're up, we're down. They go in, but they it. weren't in a must-win game the other night. They were in they a weren't. game where it was they like, weren't. if we lose, we lose. If we win, great, and. It was. They played three games in four nights. They just beat their biggest team, where they completely dominated. They flew out to Chicago. They played a great game. They didn't have it on Sunday, and they kind of said, "All right, we're we're out of here." And then came back, and then they showed what they could do tonight. The game was flawless tonight. No, it was it definitely was. It was, there was flawless. Nothing at all that you can complain about. This don't. Game. Yeah. yeah. So don't. You know. There's no way anyone can tell me that. The game on the team that played on Sunday is, is the same team that played tonight. They made a conscious like decision at some point to where like, all right, tonight's not our night. Let's just get through tonight and let's get back home. And I'm fine with it because you, you're not going to catch first place at this point. But you do want to. It would really suck to give up 
home ice advantage versus the Rangers in the last five games of the year. Right. And if we came out flat tonight, you'd have two games you'd in a row. You'd be concerned a little bit. You would – They everybody would be concerned. Yeah. So they have a game on Thursday versus Columbus, um, and that's a game that you should be able to bag two points. It's at home, and I like our chances there. And then you have the big game on Saturday versus Boston. You know, you're going to get those two points versus Columbus – and then the Boston game, I think, is like, I was listening to Devils Insiders, which shout out to those guys, Devils Daily. Those guys are awesome. Shout out to Jeff. Um, Dave, I don't know Dave, but I, I really like their stuff. And he brought up, um, it kind of reminds you of when the Giants played the Patriots in that the last game of the season when it didn't matter Right, and they did it just to like remember that game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and absolutely. they went into the playoffs, and they knew that they could hang with anybody. Right, and, right. And the Patriots were playing to for a perfect season, so yeah. they actually had motive to play. And the Giants had clinched, and they had no motive. And they went, and they still played hard because it was like, "Fuck you!" Like, right, no, right. we're not rolling over so you could get you know. And I think like this game on Saturday versus the Bruins that was such a great analogy. Um, I think this game could like if the, I feel like the Bruins are going to come out and try to play really hard for some reason. I feel like they have something to prove. Like they're not going to roll over to the Devils. And I think the Devils are actually going to come at them and I think it's going to be like super super exciting. The, the NHL flexed it to make it a nationally televised right. game. Um and I think if the Devils could they're going to win on Thursday. They're going to beat the Black Blue Jackets. Like I'm I'm saying it. I I don't. I don't care. I'm, they're gonna lose now, but <laughs> but, but um, I I I can't wait for this game on Saturday because I think it's just like it's got a lot of different meaning behind it than just a just a normal game. And I don't, neither team needs to win that game, but it's more just about it's gonna like it's a litmus test. Like they're gonna they're gonna see like who's where. You know what I mean? Um. And then you could get Luke Hughes on Tuesday. This could be like a really exciting week. It could be a really fun week. Yeah. And then you have one more game. I guess it's first Washington. And um, on the road on Thursday of next week. And then a playoff start. Which, I hate to bring this down a little bit. I got I to gotta bring this up. I'm a devil season ticket holder. And... I've been a season ticket holder for two years, but I've had m multiple ticket packages that have been 12 or 16 games or something like that. And then we were season ticket holders for how many years? Like six years, maybe? Seven I think years? it was, I think it might have been a little longer than six years. I don't know. W whatever. It was like 1994 to like basically 2000. Right. So six years, let's say. So I've been watching shitty Devils games for so long. Like, and buying tickets and going to the rink and spending my money on $20 beers and crappy food and everything. And then the playoffs finally come along. They finally have a good product and they send out an email and I'm saying this in with my fingers in quotation marks. They send out an email about being able to purchase additional playoff tickets. So my brother and my father want to come to the playoff games. They don't send anything to me. 
They sell them out. I, like, went through all my spam and my junk emails and everything. I'm like, dude, I never got anything. So I called my rep. They're like, yeah, sorry, you're, you're shit out of luck, pretty much. And I'm like, you freaking kidding me? I have tickets at Center Ice. I mean, I'm spending a shit ton of money on tickets. And they basically told me, like, you're screwed. And I didn't say anything because I was like, shit, like, maybe I missed the email. So I went through, and we kept talking and kept talking, and it was, I'm, I'm going to get back to you, I'm going to get back to you, I'm going to get back to you. And then I'm looking on Twitter, and it's like all these other people too. I'm thinking, like, are you kidding me? So all these, like, loyal fans that have supported your team through all these shitty years, you're screwing out of buying additional playoff tickets. And they're calling Vinny Girardi and asking him if he wants to buy playoff tickets. Who doesn't go to any games? They're trying to get new fans in the building, obviously. They know that right, I'm going to show right, up. Right. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? It's so disappointing. Are they that smart or are they that stupid? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's like, are do you are the reps or are they, you know, do you I think got no problem. No, I got no problem with my rep. My rep is nice. Like, she's a nice girl, like, nice woman. I believe that she has my best interest in mind. I don't know if they're a little overwhelmed if they handle too many people. I've had four reps. Don't get right, me wrong. Right. Um. But it well, wasn't. It that wasn't was my point. It right? wasn't. It wasn't on her to get me the email, according to her. But I'm so pissed. I'm not gonna lie. I'm right. fucking pissed. No, like, absolutely. how the hell are you gonna screw me out of playoff tickets after all the shitty games that I've been going to? It's like I drive up to Newark from Asbury Park. Literally twice a week and through the rain and the snow and watch them get blown out for years. And then they finally make the playoffs. I, mean, I want to buy playoff tickets. And they say, no, we're sold out. You you didn't get them when you could. And I'm like, I never got anything. So I went through. I dug. I made sure that I wasn't I wasn't going to be the guy that complained when he, when he got the email. Right. Like, I'm in the customer service industry. I'm not trying to be that dude. I did not get anything. So I went back and forth with my rep. And she was like, yeah, uh, you know, we, we're, we're sorry, but there's nothing we can do. And I'm like, that's so shitty. And I saw somebody on Twitter today. It was like, oh, you know, my rep reached out to me and she was able to hook me up with tickets. That's after she told me that I couldn't get tickets. Wow. Now, I don't know if that means that he's going to get his original tickets that were like his seats. Right, right. But like you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. Like But if you're a season ticket holder, I mean those your regular seats come with, you know, come with being a regular Yeah, so ticket. I don't know if that means he's getting additional seats or what. I have no idea. But the point is, like, the devil's the devil's fuck up so much. Like you were saying, if there's a hat trick Give people 50% off hats and have them come to the store and buy other shit. If there's a hat trick, typically that means you won the game. People are in a good mood. It's an exciting thing. If a kid gets to throw a $30 hat onto the ice and you're going to sell him another hat for 15 bucks, he's going to buy a puck or a whole hockey stick or a jersey or anything, stickers, like It's a anything. lost leader. It's like, dude, you guys haven't figured that out yet? Right. That's so stupid. So stupid. It's like, not to mention disrespectful for the guy that scored the hat trick. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not really, it's not really the devil's, it's not really the devil's, it's not up to the devils to throw their hats on the ice, like the organization. It's up to the fans. But you can encourage that and make it a memorable moment Absolutely. by encouraging the fans. There's a hat trick here. You could buy hats for twenty bucks now instead of thirty bucks. Done. Everyone would do it. I agree. Seems pretty easy. Anyway, um, the tickle was at the game. He was in my seats. Um, I I I posted online where his where his seats were, and I, <laughs> I was hoping someone was going to go up and say hello to him. But um, and I heard it was beautiful. I heard it was really nice in Jersey today to where. People were all hanging outside, and that's one of the things that I remember most about the last playoffs that we were in when we played Tampa was, like, the crowd outside, not inside American Whiskey because there's no room, but outside American Whiskey, everyone having such a good time in the spring. It's been a long time. I'm really, really looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, I'll be at the game next Tuesday. I hope it's the game that Luke uses first NHL game. That would be special. That would be really exciting. I'm really, really excited to see this kid play. And we're and we're here. I'm trying to convince you we should go to Tampa. We should go to Tampa for the for the Frozen Four. You do you really think you have to convince me? <laughs> it's like you know, I know the way. Let's go. I've never been to Tampa. Tampa's awesome. I heard nothing but great Tampa things. Tampa is is spectacular. And I mean you know, we went over for the last time the Devils were in the playoffs. Me, me and your mom and Kyle and and Aaron went. Uh, it was like that's that's a great place to see a game. I mean, everybody pulls out beach chairs and sits around outside the stadium, and they have a big screen out there. It's on the water. I mean, they got great hotels. There's a JW right there. Yeah, I only stay in great it's hotels. A good, it's a it's a good spot. Yeah, I mean, it would be sweet. Either way, uh, we'll be able to watch the games. No, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, like, we are Michigan. You got we Ethan, we Ethan got, Edwards, got three, and you got Casey, and you, yeah. and you got Luke Hughes. So they're going to be playing Win uh, Quinnipiac. Um, I believe that is Thursday. Yeah, and I think uh, isn't, like, Rod Brendamore's son on there or something? I'm, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I heard something like that. Yeah, so we got a we got a bunch of exciting hockey coming up, um, and there's going to be a lot of storylines, which is my favorite. I like I like all the storylines that come with everything. Right. So we'll see what happens. Um, in the meantime, we're going to leave you with this. You've been listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch. And I got the pickle with me. Devils dominate the Penguins. April 4th, 2023. We're signing off. Peace. Clean with the bottom kitty. I hopped out saggy jeans and my rock glisten. Oh,
but I spent about eight grand. Mommy on stage doing the ring dance. She let it hit the floor, made it pop. Got my pedal to the floor, screaming, fuck the cops. Showbiz. Huh? Please play fly.